When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The truly great Mike Lang. Still alive and kicking. So is hockey in Pittsburgh. Those things, my friends, are not a coincidence. Good morning to you. Good Tuesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Penguins. Comes your way bright and early every weekday morning. If you're into football and or baseball, I also offer up daily shots of Steelers and Pirates right where you found this. The voice, singular, of the Penguins. The greatest broadcaster in the history of our city, singular, announced his retirement through the Penguins yesterday. And on one hand, while it's something we all saw coming for a while with the time that Michael was taking off, it's still, you know, it's it's the end. And you realize that any other time you listen to Mike, that you hear his voice, that you enjoy one of those iconic goal calls, it's going to be from something that happened in the past. And that hurts. That hurts us almost as much as I'm sure it hurts the man himself. I have one specific thing that I want to share with you about Mike. And maybe this will be a little different than the many, many other tributes that you read, see, and hear for him, all of which are deserved and all of which I'm sure are special in their own ways. I I hope this one is a little bit different because I'm going to take you back to when I was eight years old. And for those of you who go way back in your hockey history, you already know what I'm going to say. But for the rest, for posterity, here goes. It's 11.45 p.m. I have a transistor radio that is roughly the size of a phone book. And for those of you who are too young to know what either one of those things is, too bad. You're still going to have to hear the rest of this story. The radio was under my pillow. For real. 
I usually slept with two pillows. But when the penguins would play out west, and back then that either meant Los Angeles or Vancouver, and they had one of those 10.30 p.m. Eastern Time face-offs. Even though I had school, I had something else going on the next morning. I had the radio on. And it was under my pillow. And I felt the thing because I didn't have the thickest pillows. And I had it on so faintly. You could barely hear this thing. If you didn't have your ear smashed into that pillow, you would not be able to pick up the sound of Mike Lang broadcasting from the other coast. And he would welcome you at midnight, the strike of midnight, to what he called the Night Owl Club. And he would do it in a way that he was talking just to you. Just to you. He would even whisper. I remember this incredibly vividly for something that was that long ago. You know how you remember just certain things from your childhood that kind of jump out? This I remember. And he would say it in a way like as if he was talking to us kids. And you felt so special and you felt so connected to this event that you knew was so far away. And you also felt connected to the franchise and to the game. And back then, that wasn't normal. Hockey wasn't then what it is now. There was no Mario Lemieux, never mind Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, and multiple championships and sellout streaks and all that other stuff. If you were in school wearing a penguin's jacket, and I had a big blue penguin's winter jacket, and I drew a little puck with a pen on the logo next to the stick because I couldn't understand why the penguin was skating and didn't have a puck on it. But if you were that kid, you were the weirdo. Not that kids would make fun of you or whatever, but everyone else was talking about the world champion dynasty Steelers, or for that matter, the world champion dynasty Pirates, and all the superstars on both of those teams. And there were you talking about hockey, knowing how to properly pronounce Jean Pronovo. Mike Lang had so much to do with that. I don't want to give him 100% of the credit because that wouldn't be fair to all of the men and women who were part of the Penguins organization at that time, some of them to this day. But Mike was, and I use the term advisedly here, the voice. He was what you heard. There were not many player interviews available back then. Games were rarely on TV. I'm talking about five or six games all season were on television. Mike was, in a way, 
of the outreach of the team. And he loved this role. He embraced it in every way. I believe from knowing the man that he relished that component of it so much that he never looked across the river to the Pirates or the Steelers and thought, you know, I could be doing these games that everybody's actually paying attention to. He loved this part. He loved finding a way into your life as a hockey fan. He loved the fact that he was responsible for relaying the game to you. And oh my goodness, do I mean it when I say the game. Let me tell you something. I, I get a little bit of a cringe when I hear that the first thing from everybody's lips when they talk about Lang's impact is about the goal calls. You know, scratch my back with a hacksaw, look out Loretta, the ones that he came up with later on always kept coming up with new concepts, entertained them from fans. Great, wonderful. I'm here to tell you that what made Mike Lang elite at his craft was his ability to call the game. He didn't just keep up with the pace of hockey. He was ahead of it because he felt it. When the Penguins were in trouble, you didn't even have to hear Mike's words to know that they were in trouble. You could pick it up from his intonation. Look out here. How many times did you hear him say that? How many times did you go, oh, when he did? Why? You know why? Because 10 seconds later, the Rangers or the Flyers were about to put one past your goalie. That's why. He felt it coming because he felt the games that he was broadcasting. He was 100% immersed in knowing not just about the Penguins, but also the other team. I watched the man, shared locker rooms with him for years, go in for the morning skate every single day, interview players from both teams to understand little things, details, components that he could share with you on the broadcast. Why? Because it would make it more real for you. Because he was aiming to bring you that experience. And he brought it on the radio in a way that to some extent you couldn't experience by watching it on television. Because this came with the added component of years of experience and passion and knowledge. When he gave it to you, the way he loved doing it the most, and that was always the radio. But again, Mike's still alive. Mike's still very much with us. And I'm not here to eulogize him. I am here to celebrate not only his career, but also what his career meant toward the Penguins still being here with us. Do not kid yourself. If the Penguins don't get through the 70s, through the 80s, until Mario's arrival, 
there's no franchise here. There's no franchise here. We all talk a lot about all the occasions in which Mario Lemieux saved the franchise, and they're all absolutely accurate. Okay, I'm not here to dispute anything that Mario's ever done. But the early years, the man who made the Penguins vital and real was Mike Lang. Ask anyone who was my age with a big fat radio under that pillow. When we come back, just one question. It's time for just one question, and that's brought to you always by the good people at the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank, where they are recommitted to providing food for all of our neighbors in need across western Pennsylvania. When I say recommitted, I'm referring to their recent rebranding. Check out pittsburghfoodbank.org to find out all of the great work that this organization has done just in the past year to reinvent themselves and how they take care of people around us who don't know where their next meal is coming from visit pittsburghfoodbank.org today's question comes from my man bubba banjo longtime subscriber to dk pittsburgh sports bb asks is andy kyoto the right goalie coach to fix what has ailed the penguins in net is this a good move are there better instructors slash coaches out there both Matt Murray and Tristan Jari appeared to get worse each year under Mike Buckley. Is Kyoto any better? The easy answer here is the most accurate one. I have no idea. I have no idea. I, here, here's what I'm certain of. I'll give you a couple things, actually. One is that a change was needed. Now, I don't lightly call for people to get fired. I called rather forcefully for Buckley to be fired after this past season. As you yourself just pointed out here, Matt Murray got progressively worse before he went to Ottawa and got even worser, I guess, up there in Canada's capital. Did not have a good season at all for the Senators. And we saw what happened to Jari in the playoffs. We saw other inconsistencies. In fairness to to Buck, there were also points during this past regular season where the tandem of Jari and Casey DeSmith for a two-month stretch had the NHL's lowest combined save percentage. This despite the Penguins giving up uh, their fair share of high-danger chances. They weren't great at stifling teams defensively. They just got great goaltending for a couple of months. That really shouldn't be ignored either. Uh, hopefully Buck lands on his feet somewhere. As for Kyoto, you know, you have to go by what people say much more so than than actual accomplishments because it's tough to measure what someone does in the minor leagues whenever there's no players coming to the NHL from that system. Do you see what I'm saying? If you had some kind of stream of prospects that were passing through where you can say, oh, Kyoto did this for that guy or that kid, you'd have something to hang your hat on. 
we don't know. What we know is that he made a really strong impression on people inside the Penguins, and in particular Ron Hextall, who ultimately made the move. And really, given his pedigree uh, as a former goaltender, should have been the one making that move. I remember Andy from his goaltending days. He tried really hard, spunky little guy, worked his tail off. If he adds to the intensity level of Jari, maybe that'll help in some capacity. All I know is that I I like the first part of it. They needed a change. I'm of the belief that they needed and still need a broader change, meaning in goal, but this was going to be the next best thing. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Penguins. We'll do another one of these tomorrow. Mm -hmm.